Well, like I said, I have a sermon to preach. And what series are we in this, uh, this morning? I love my church. Can I, can I ask again? What series are we in? You do? My job is done. Good night. I hope you do. I hope you do. And I, you're probably going, wait a minute. Oh, I'm not sure yet. I like this church. I'm not sure if I love it. And I, wanna, I just want to make sure that when I talk about this subject, I am to, of course I am talking about Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay. Because can I say one thing? I love my church. I've been going here for 30 years. And yeah, there have been times like, i got to go to church again. I've got to serve again. I want to tell you, I'm standing here before you, and this is the absolute truth. I love my church than I, more than I ever have. I'm coming up on 30 years, guys, of going to Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay. I'm that old. Don't let the Filipino-ness fool you. I'm that old. But I love, I love this church. And the thing is, the question is, right, wherever church you're at, you should love your church, shouldn't you? You might be moving someplace else. And so this is not something specifically to Hope Chapel. This is wherever you're at. If you call it your home and it's your call to that place, you should love it. And if you love something, if I didn't, don't know you and if I hung out with you, wouldn't I know what you love at the end of the week? Because you keep on doing it. It's like, you really love those donuts, don't you? Really love that with your coffee and you go to Starbucks and the soy latte. Okay, I get it. You love it. You, you, wouldn't it be evident? And last week I talked about this, right? God loves the church and we should love what God loves. Does he love the church? Yes, he does. You know what? I want to love what God loves. I want to know what God likes. If he loves chocolate ice cream, I'm the holiest man here. <laughs> I'm not sure what he does. I'm going to ask him, Jesus, what? Uh, oh, mint chocolate. Oh, not a big fan of that. Okay, it's all right. I can love, I can learn to love mint chocolate chip. I want to, I want to love what he loves. But it should be evident what you love. So I want to ask you guys, what are some things that you love? Just shout it out. Come on. Surfing. Your wife. Woo! Come on, husbands out there. You better, you better react. Yes, I love. What else? What do you love? Strawberries, good. I like that. My kids, friends, football, football. What's your team? What's your team, Josh? Cowboys. Oh boy, Cowboys. Yeah. Hey, now I'm getting you fired up. Come on, let's talk about sports. Baseball. And serious. Was that my church? Awesome. The summit. Okay. Okay. Whoa, I'm getting. You guys are. I love the 11 o'clock service. You guys are fired up. I don't need no coaxing here. You should show it, shouldn't you? It should be proof. And whether it's just like you, like, I love it, yay. Or you're just like, ah, I'm Filipino. And I just, I show my love for things. I love ramen. Come on, Brad. I love, okay, I'm going to just share this. I love, I love sports. I don't, I don't look like I love sports, but I love sports. <laughs> And like I said last week, I'm not a big fan of basketball, but I love soccer. Soccer fans, I know. And I don't watch, I don't love soccer. You know what I love? I love football. The real. Hold on. The real football. Which we know as soccer. <laughs> the rest of the world knows it as soccer. I watch English Premier League football. Anybody with me? The silence is deafening. Manchester United, anybody? Liverpool Football Club, anybody? Tough crowd. My favorite, and I don't even call it a team. I call it a club because that's what, it's, it's a football club. My favorite club in the English Premier League is Tottenham Hotspur. 
And you're going, what did you say? Well, Tottenham Hotspur, what does that mean? It's just a team that I love, I absolutely love. And so it's Tottenham, it looks like Tottenham. But if you're a true fan of Tottenham Hotspur, you would say it like the English say it, like tater tots and going numb. Put those two words, Tottenham. And I am a fan. I have the stuff. I watch every game. And you know what? English Premier League games, they come on TV at 3 o'clock in the morning here. I'm a tr I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You know what I bring out into my living room at 3 o'clock in the morning? I bring my scarf. Here's my Tottenham Hotspur scarf. Right there, that's their logo, that's them, this is what I do. When I watch the game, I, you know, if they need a goal, because usually I just put it on my couch, so it's just in view of nobody. But if they need a goal, I grab it, and you can ask my wife, I absolutely do that, I just stand in front of the TV. And, it, and if, it's, if the time is moving on, the game's about them all, come on! I start yelling at them. If I even DVR'd it, and I know the outcome of the game, I'm yelling at the players like it would actually change the outcome. <laughs> Come on, Defoe, what are you doing? And when I talk to people, when I text my friends who love uh, English football, I talk and I text them like, hey, we're playing you guys this week. It's like, we. Like I'm a part of the club. Like, like hey, we got a good team. We got a good lineup this week. You better watch out. And I have this ownership. I have this me. I'm like, whoa. How many of you guys know Adam Richman? Man versus food, anybody? Man versus food, okay. Adam Richman, that's, he's a comedian. He stuffs his face and we all laugh. Ha, ha, ha. He is a Tottenham Hotspur fan. He's a big Tottenham Hotspur fan. And they actually showed a clip of him walking into the stadium uh, where they play. And this funny guy, this comedian, starts bawling like a little girl. Because he's in the place where his, his beloved team, his beloved club plays. And he's like, oh, man. He starts chanting and stuff. And to be honest with you, I wanted to cry too. I was like, Adam, I love you and I love the Spurs. We call them, we call them the Spurs. It's a, too long of a name, so we call them the Spurs. So I love this guy. I show it. You would, if you hung out with me, you'd know I love Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I have a video commercial to show you. This is a commercial for the English Premier League for this season. So uh, check it out.
is to love. To the millions of fans who make the Barclays Premier League what it is, we say thank you. Isn't that cool? How many guys want to watch English Premier League now? Come on, it's on NBC every week. You know what I love about that commercial? The last line, to follow is to love. You know, I, I don't see fans up there because I don't want to call myself, a, I'm not a fan of Tottenham Hotspur, I'm in the club. I'm a member. And here's, here's what I love about that commercial. I love that old guy. 87, that's a, actually a true fan of the club called Everton, which is my wife's club, by the way. I actually got my wife to watch with me. She likes another club because she thinks the goalie's hot. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, right? I'm like, okay, cool. She loves that. I love that old man, 87. He loves Everton. You see, he puts the scarf on and he's walking. He's walking with his cane. He's walking to the stadium. You know, do you think he's excited? I think he's excited, even though he's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm raging with excitement right now. And he saw him at the edge of his seat. He's like, come on, score, score, come on, come on. He saw the, the father and his son. I love that. I'm sorry for the English accent. We're going to be late for the game. That's Australian, sorry. <laughs> he's telling his son, but what is he doing? He's passing on his love to his son. He's passing his love to his, his he's a fan. He's, a, he's but you got to love this game, and this is how you do it. Let's stand up and cheer. And they're cheering. And the, the guys on the subway, what did you see the guys on the subway? They're cheering already. <gasps> Whatever it is, they're doing it. They're getting excited. There's traffic. There's droves of people going into one place. And the reason why I showed you this, shouldn't we be that excited to go to church? Yes. Shouldn't we be even more excited than they are? Because the cause of Christ is way greater than football, soccer. The cause of Christ is way. We should look like that. They look like someone who loves something. Yeah. And the question is, is how do you look? I think that's a good question for those of you, especially husbands. What is your wife? Ask you before you go to church or go out to dinner. It's a dangerous question. How do I look? Oh, fantastic. That's the answer. That's a dangerous question. And I'm, I'm going to pose to you that you would ask your question, that, that same question to yourself right now. Look in the mirror and go, do I look like someone that loves this church, the love, loves the church that I'm in right now? How do I look? And so I, I made a list, and it's not an, an, an exhaustive list, but it's, I think it's a pretty good list of what, what somebody who loves the church looks like. And these are the things that, whether they say it out loud or in their heart, I think they would say these things. I think someone who loves the church would say these things. They would say, I'm excited to be here. Ooh. One person. Yeah. You saw those guys. They're excited to be here. Are you excited to be here? You know, I love, I went, I was on vacation for two weeks. And I was so excited to be here. Why? To, to worship. I was so excited because they, they were doing the sound check. I'm all, ooh, I'm ready to worship God. Let's do this. Open those doors. I was excited to see you guys. I was, I was excited to see my friends again. My family. Because that's what church is. It's a family. It's an extended family. That's what Starbucks tries to do. They try to make a, an extended room of a family. Well, you know what? The church is way better than Starbucks. It's a family. Are you excited to be here? Do you want to be amongst worshipers? Do you want to uh, excited to go to mini church to see your little church family, right? We have this, the small groups so that we make our big church a smaller church and you get to meet at Starbucks and at homes and eat dinner together. Are you excited to do those things? In Psalm 42, I want you guys to turn there. 
Psalm 42 is a great picture of someone who's excited about the church, about going to church. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. Not a great picture? It opens up like this. I am hungry for God. Do you come to church hungry? I thirst for God. I need to, I need to be here. Oh, ooh, right? You come and you worship God. And does that lift you up? Doesn't it give you refreshment? Doesn't it just give you encouragement? I hope it does. Does it? It did today for me. And I've been to three services. And it was good every single time. It's good every single time. Are you excited to be here? Are you, do you love to be amongst worshipers? Do you want to? And here's the thing. People who love and excited to be here, just like that guy, that, that son and his, and his uh, father, they come on time. Ooh. Can I say that? Can I say that? And I know you have lives. I know you have kids. I do getting twins into, oh, that's tough. You got to start earlier. They're on time, and then they don't leave early. They don't leave early. They don't want, okay, here's, okay, service is almost out, whatever it is. I mean, if your team, if the team you love was tied game, would you turn off the TV before the, the, the game ended? Oh, tied game, I don't want to know the score. Or if you're in the stadium, ah, I want to leave early because I want to beat the traffic. No, you'd be like, ah, ah, you'd be on the edge of your seat. You wouldn't leave early. You'd stay the whole time. You want to be amongst the worship. Because here's the thing, and here's how I believe. I mean, why do I grab this scarf when I know the score already? Because for some reason in my heart, I believe my presence and my support makes a difference. For some reason, my support makes a difference, which means your presence here makes a difference. It makes a difference. Here's something else I believe someone who loves this church, loves their church says, I know my church. Which means I know the vision and the values and the people in it. Do you know the person next to you? Ask their name. Hi, Bob. Hey, Fred. How you doing? Hey, Matilda. Know the people. Because I love it when, and I don't know every single person's name, but I love when, oh man, hey, what's up? Good to see you, man. Good to see, oh, good to see. I love coming here and just going, oh man, this is family. I get to see you again. That's a great thing. We come every week and we're like, oh, I get to see you again. It's an awesome thing. Do you know it? Do you know the values? Mini church. We love the small groups here. We love to worship here. We're a rocking church. That's our value. We like to rock out our, our, our worship. There's different styles, right? There's the turn to page 84. There's nothing wrong with page 84. But we're not a page 84 kind of church. We're, we're a rock and roll church. Always have been, always will be. We are. We just love to rock it out because we want to celebrate. It's a, it's a party. It's a celebration here. Do you know your church? Do you know the vision of our church? How many guys actually know the four values of our church? Come on. What are they? Connect to God. Connect to God's family. Equipped to serve. Empowered to win the world. And because of that, we have a vision statement. One statement by, made by our uh, Pastor Carl. Hallelujah. He made this one vision statement. I'm going to, how many guys know the vision statement? I want to encourage you. Two people. Awesome. 
we should make a mini church. I, I want to encourage you to learn our vision statement because it's a good one. I'm going to try to say it to you right now. We want to give people the best life possible by connecting them to God and his family and equipping them to be involved in what he's doing in the world. Did I say it right? That's what we do. That's our vision statement. Get to know that. If you love this church, you get to know that stuff. Why? Because every church, awesome, has a big C vision. Has the, okay, I want to do that. We got to save people. We got to introduce people to Jesus. But different churches do it in different ways, different styles. Because God has given this specific, specific church a specific purpose. And so the church that you're planted in, you got to know what that specific purpose is. And that you, I mean, come on. I mean, can I go back to sports again? You love your team. You know the players. Oh, you're lying if you don't. You know the player's name because you're yelling at them. Play better. What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You know the stats. Come on, if you're a true fan, right? If you're a real fan, you know this. You know all this stuff. You got to know your church. Someone who loves their church would say this. I gladly invest in the future of my church. You know what that means? Money. And you're going, oh, you're talking about money. I want to, you know what? I don't want to be ashamed about talking about money at church. We're not after your money. We're after souls. We want to advance the kingdom of God. You know why I tithe? There's actually, well, uh, here's my point. Do you want to see the church of God, the bride of Christ, flourish? Absolutely. Do you want to see, and when I see the church, I mean you guys, do you want to see yourself flourish? Do you want to see the people around you flourish? Well, that's why I tithe. I mean, there's three good reasons why I tithe. I want to give, here's my three good reasons. First of all, first and foremost, I tithe because I love God. And so when I tithe, when I give my 10%, and if you don't know what tithe is, tithe is you get a paycheck and then you take 10%. I can't do the math for you, but you just move the decibel down, whatever. Okay. That's the minimum that God asks. He's like, you know what? Tithe to me. Give an offering to me. And so when I do that, it's an act of worship. Just as much when we sat here and sang our, son, our, our lungs out because we're worshiping Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. You like that? Pretty good voice, huh? Trevor, watch out. I'm leading worship next week. As much as I sing that with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, I give a tithe with the same amount because it's a worship to God. That's a good reason. Here's the second reason why I give. And I think you like this one. It's purely selfish. I want God to bless me. I want God to bless me because in his word, he actually says he will. Malachi says, if you tithe, if you give to the storehouse, the storehouse is, is where you live and where you, where you get fed. And this is the place. If you tithe to me, it says this, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Which means I will pour out my blessing. I will pour out my resources. I will pour out my love. I will pour out my joy and my peace. I don't know about you guys, but selfishly, I want the windows of heaven to open for me. Yes. And I'm not, you know what? I'm looking at everyone, come on. You're not sitting here going, no, I decide that option. No, shut the windows, please. <laughs> no way, right? You want God to absolutely bless you. That's why I tithe to you. And here's the other reason why I tithe. Because I want this church to keep going. Yes. I want to keep going. I want it to flourish. I want to be that old guy. 87 years old, I want to, and I want to see the next generation taking this church to the next level, to the next place where Brad can be flourish and do things and, and lives will be saved because in these seats, people are getting saved. 
people are coming to Jesus. And I want to, I want to cheer them because I thought about it this way. I looked, because we're, we're coming up on our 30th anniversary. Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay, been here for 30 years. And next week, come on, you got to come next week because we're going to celebrate it. We're going to celebrate it. It's going to be a good 30 years, right? And I thought about it this way. I told you about Pastor Ralph being called by God to come to Hawaii, leaving a good church. And he started his church, not in a, in a nice place. Where did they start? On Kailua Beach by a, I, I correct myself, is by a banyan tree. Someone who actually was there corrected me. That was by a banyan tree. Right? And so I'm like, okay, right on, banyan tree. I envisioned what happened on that, that, on that day. Ralph preached a sermon. There was, I don't know, guitar, worship. I'm not sure. They must have taken an offering, right? They must have took a, a tithe. They're like, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's make sure. And I just thought about the people that gave. That gave that day when this church was birthed. They reached into their pockets and they wrote a check and they were like, nope, I'm going to support. I'm going to invest in this church for the next 30 years. For the next 30 years. And I know I'm over-dramatizing it because it's, they probably didn't say, I will invest in Hope Chapel for the next 30 years. They're probably saying, let's see what Holly Boy can do. <laughs> What you gonna do? Come on. Prove it. What are you gonna do with my money? Amen. And Holly Boy did good. <laughs> Holly Boy did good. That's Pastor Ralph, by the way. I say that honorably. <laughs> I love we are here. We are standing on his come on, we are standing on his shoulders. He's passed the mantle to us. This is Pastor Ralph, our founder. Went to start Hope Chapel Honolulu. Man of God. Come on. He started this church. And we want and I thought about that. I thought about that because when I, when I came to this church when I was a junior higher, it was already going and I didn't give money, but I thought about it. The people that gave before me set me up to succeed, That's right. set, set me up to flourish, to find my calling, to find my place in the body of Christ, and to, to maximize my gifts. And here I am. I thank the Lord for that person who gave on that day. Yes, thank you, Lord. Anybody was there, by the, by the way, at the banyan tree? Almost at every service, there was one person. I was there. Amazing, they're still in our church. They're still supporting our church. I love that. Invest because you want to see the church of God and you want to see yourselves flourish. You want to see the people next to you flourish. Here's what some, uh, another thing. This is the last thing. Uh, I know this is not an exhaustive list, but I think this is a good one. Oh, actually, I got two. Sorry, I got two more. A person who loves this church would say, I'm unashamed in my loyalty. Amen. Come on, how many guys love your team? Yes. I mean, Josh is, Josh is wearing his Dallas. What are you wearing, T? What is that? Niners. Niners. Any Niners fan out there? All right, cool. I love, I love the pump fist. Niners, right? You're proud to wear the colors. You're unashamed of your loyalty. If you love this shirt, you're unashamed. You would wear the Hope, Hope in the World t-shirt. Anybody got that thing? Yeah. Wear it. You would wear the bracelet that says our four values on it. And I'm, you know, it's like, whoa, we're not bragging. We give you those reasons. Yes, to brag about our church. But ultimately, we want you to brag about Jesus. Yeah. And if it takes you bragging about the vehicle that brings Jesus to them, so be it. We will be the, the vehicle for Jesus Christ's message. You are unashamed of your look. You would go on Twitter and Facebook going, I love my church. Uh, the worship was awesome today. I love my church. Oh man, it was like blah, blah, blah. How many people got saved today? I love my church. Pastor Tom was okay. I still love my church. It was okay. 
I still love it though. <laughs> that you would just brag about your church. Okay, the last one is, and here's, here's the, uh, I think this is a good one. Someone who loves this church would say this, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. Amen. I, want to, I want to be a part of something that's greater. And, you, and I'm not talking about Hope Chapel, Kanae Bay. I'm talking about the cause of Christ. And it's way better. You can sit in your room and God can give you a vision for a ministry and a purpose and a calling. And you can do it by yourself. You can do it by yourself. But it's much better when you sit in these seats and you're surrounded by people that want to support you and encourage you and max out and disciple you and mentor you and give you an opportunity to minister. And then you can see your giftings being flourished. And you can have prayer and accountability. You can do much, much greater things when you're sitting in the church that you're in. Can Paul... Do it by himself? Do this, this outreach by himself? Absolutely. He actually could. He's a very smart man. He is. He could. But you know what? It's way better when he's with us. He's in the local church. He gets a accomplished. He gets, he gets um, a support. He gets discipled and mentored. He gets, he gets people to, to get his back. Because this is a very controversial subject, isn't it? Do we have his back? Absolutely, we have his back and he needs that. He needs people to have his back. That we are part of something greater than ourselves. Because here's the thing, can I just be, can I say something that you might, whoa, hey, wait a minute. The world can live without college football. <laughs> the world can live without baseball or the NFL or the NBA. <laughs> okay, some amens here. I'm going to get personal here. The world can live without the English Premier League soccer teams. The world can live without my, my beloved Tottenham Hotspur. You know one thing that the world cannot live without? Jesus Christ. The world cannot live with Jesus Christ. I don't want to extend it. That the world cannot live without his church. Because we are the vehicle, like I said, of his message. He has entrusted us with making him famous in the whole world. And we got to do a good job. And so here's the thing. I don't want you sitting here going, oh man, Tom, you just gave me a list. I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not oh, you got to be excited and I got to give and I got to be loyal. I don't want to give you a whole bunch of rules and regulations going, you must look like this and I love my church, whatever it is. I, I don't want to make robots. I want to make followers of Jesus Christ. And it should, it should be a natural outpouring. So here's my advice for you. Here's my absolute advice. If you take anything from this teaching, this is my advice for you. This will make, it e this will make the, all the difference in the whole world. Here's the first thing you need to do. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Because if you follow Jesus, you will love Jesus. Right? That, that commercial, right? About, bar about, the, about soccer. To follow is to love. I think it's the same thing here. We follow Jesus. We're in, can I say this? Man, come on. You are in love with Jesus. Because if you're in love with Jesus, here's the thing. Doing the things that he's told you to do, if you're following him, it's easy because you love him. That's the thing that's fueling you. It's not this obligation or guilt or condemnation. That's right. he, Jesus hasn't come to condemn you. He's come to save you. And he wants, to, he wants a natural outpouring. So if, we're follow, if we follow him and if we're in love, it's just a normal thing. I mean, I'm married here, and here's one thing that I do because I love my wife. I change the litter in my cat for my cat. That's my job in the house. I'm the litter changer. <laughs> I do it because when my wife was pregnant, and you guys know this, right? Pregnant women should not change the litter, right? 
because she used to change the litter before. So all you women are like, yep, nope, no changing litter. So I had to take that duty. Well, my wife gave birth about a year and a half ago, and guess who's still doing the litter? <laughs> I got gypped on that one. I still do it. I still do it out of love. I'm fueled by love. Are you hearing me? When we follow Jesus and we're in love with Jesus, all the other rest will come easy. And here's another thing why you should follow Jesus so that it's vital to loving your church. is because I believe you can, you can attend this church and love this church and still love this church without following Jesus. It's possible. There's a lot of reasons to love this church. We have good worship. You have this Filipino dude right in front of you. We have many churches. There's people in the church that you love. You can love this church without following Jesus. But let me tell you one thing. If that's the reason why you're loving this church, those things will fail you. Those things will fail you. I could fail you. I could say something that's, whoa, please check me on, my, on the Bible things I read. The worship might fail you. Like, oh, Trevor's not leading worship today. I'm outies. I don't even know why I did that. I'm outies. <laughs> Someone might offend you in mini church. I don't like that mini church anymore. Might offend you. You leave this church because you're in a beef with someone, someone on that other side of the aisle, whatever it is. Here's the one thing I know. If you're following Jesus, Jesus will never fail you. Amen. Jesus will never fail you. And so if you're following him, all those other things will just fall to the wayside because has Jesus called you to this church? Absolutely. Well, you're going to love this church then. It just makes it easy. It just makes it, it'll be a natural outpouring of, of your life. And, and so when Jesus called his disciples, did he say, follow these rules? When he, when he when called out his disciples, said, did he even say, love me? He, he, did he look at him and go, can you just love me? <laughs> no, Jesus looked at him in the eye and said, follow me. Amen. Come follow me. And you know what follow means? <laughs> go wherever Jesus goes. <laughs> Bottom line, right? That's what following means. And a lot of us, and we shouldn't have, separate believing and following. A lot of us believe in Jesus Christ, go, yay, I'm going to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We're all going to heaven, right? For forgiven of sin. A lot of us believe, but we've decided not to follow him. We want, you know what? I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to make my own life. I follow you. I'm going to go to heaven. I have this insurance to go to heaven. But I don't like where you're going, Jesus Christ. And we, we can't make a difference. Believing and following should be the same thing. Because when we, when we believe in him, it's like, whoa, I believe in you. And where are you going? And Jesus Christ, let's be honest. Jesus will take you someplace. And when you follow him, he's going to someplace where you don't, like, where am I? What is this place? And then he might ask you to do something that you're uncomfortable doing. You go, do this. Oh, what? No, wh why? I don't know. I'm just, he might do, you never know. God might, but following him is just taking the step of faith. And I know there is a cost to follow Jesus. I want to be very clear. There is a cost to following Jesus. But I want to tell you one thing. I absolutely believe this. There is more of a cost to not follow Jesus. First of all, eternally, if we don't follow him. But in your life, how much are you going to miss out on the miracles? How much are you going to miss out on the plan that he has for your life? The blessing, the adventure that he wants to lead you on. Think about Peter. What if Peter kept on doing what he was doing? 
Because basically, Jesus asked him to, to drop his livelihood. To drop his nets. That was his, that was, right? Imagine if God showed up at the job that you absolutely love, right? Everyone loves their job here. Mixed reaction. Okay. But what if God showed up at your job and said, follow me? And what he's saying is, drop your paycheck. Drop all the money that you invested in this company or whatever it is and follow me. Same thing with Peter. He could have said, nope, I'm a fisherman and I can't draw. I have to, I have, uh, whatever. I have people to support. I need money. I can't do that, God. I, have to, I can't do that right now. And he says, no. What did Peter do? He just dropped his nets. He dropped his nets. In Matthew 4, 18, he says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore, see a galley, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing uh, a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called them out, out to them, come follow me, I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And Peter, what did he go on? He walked and he followed, followed Jesus. And what did he see? Miracle after miracle. He fed the thousands. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. He saw him getting, get killed. And he saw him resurrect from the dead. And there was that one day when the Holy Spirit filled him and he preached the word of God and 3,000 people got saved. You think Peter would have experienced any of that if he kept on fishing? He followed him. He followed him. And why, why am I telling you all this? I just want to encourage you guys because I, I think God has such a, a, an amazing future for you. He has an amazing plan for you. Is it going to be easy? No. Is there a cost? Yes. But you know what? I think you, you're, if you don't follow him, you're missing out on something. And actually, I've been talking too much because I want someone else to talk about Jesus Christ, following him and loving this church. Check out this young woman's testimony, Crystal Lee. Hi everyone, I'm Crystal Lee and I've been going to Hope Chapel for about three years now. Uh, I grew up Waipio Gentry all the way in Waipahu and I now come to Kaneohe every Sunday. I make the commute because it's that great. <laughs> I came here three years ago and my my boyfriend at the at the time, he's still my boyfriend, Michael, uh, brought me here and, and I was amazed. I was like, wow, there's something very special here. And I couldn't couldn't pinpoint it, but I suddenly wanted to come every Sunday. I wanted to read my Bible. I was getting my spiritual food and I was just powered up on God. And after a year of being a part of Hope Chapel, I was saying, Lord, I know you've given each one of us a talent and I want to use my talent for you. But I also want to reach out to others and boy did God do something. Uh, it was funny because a couple months after I just started praying, Sarah Fergie walks up to me and she says, Crystal, I was told by God that I need to start a dance ministry, but I don't know how to dance. So <laughs> can you help me out? And I said, perfect, of course. December of last year, we had uh, our first ever performance as the Hope Chapel Kamehameha Dance Ministry. And we started off maybe with eight people, but it, it's grown so much. Just to know that I could be a part of the beginning of something great and to see how contagious it is, it's so overwhelming, so rewarding, and to know that God used me for that. Another thing that God's worked in my life is I, I said, Lord, I want you to use me. And he was pushing me to run for the Miss Hawaii pageant. If you, if you don't know me, I'm very shy. I came from a very conservative Chinese family and 
we don't dress up in bikinis on stage and we, you know, uh, but I could, I could barely speak either. Uh, most people don't really hear me go up in public to talk about anything, but the Lord just pushed me to do this. So about a year ago, I won my preliminaries in Chinatown, learned a lot about my culture and how, how awesome it is to be Chinese. But I, I continued this journey with, with the Lord, and on June 8th, I was crowned Miss Hawaii 2013. Miss Chinatown Hawaii, Crystal Lee! I, I kept saying, this is your journey, Lord, this is your journey, because that's what I, I promised him before I got up on that stage. And it was weird because Billy V comes up to you and he says, how do you feel right now? And you're all crying. And what comes out of my mouth? I had no idea, but it's, I, I said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I had no idea I was going to say that. I have my little Bible app, verse of the day that pops up. And I, just the other day, it popped up and it said, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And that was 2 Timothy 1.7. Timothy and it made me realize, wow, God is using me as a tool. He's using someone that could not do this on their own and he's empowering them. And why should I fear when I have God behind my back? For me, I feel like it's really important to get involved because why are you gonna be a vegetable? Why not have God use you? I was nobody. I was nobody and God made this for me. Hope Chapel, be careful of what you pray for <laughs> because God is going to maximize it to 100%. What God wants you to do is to reach out to others. Don't be selfish. And something that I've learned on this journey is the best thing you can do for yourself is have selflessness and do things for other people. I'm not just Michael's girlfriend anymore. I'm Crystal, I help with the dance ministry. I'm not only Miss Hawaii, but if Miss America is what God wants for me, I'm gonna use my title to profess my faith. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone because God is gonna bless you a hundred times more. How many of you guys knew that Miss Hawaii is a member of our church? Well, now you do. Now you do. And here's the thing. When, I, when that happened, I remember we had to do something that night. I forgot what it was. Might have been church or something. We came home and I want, I'm like, it was like, almost like I got to see the end of the game. It was the Miss Hawaii contest. And I was like, I got to see. I turned it on. And I was like, it was right at the end. And there's like three of them left. And Crystal was standing. I'm like, Crystal's there? Chris, I, was, I was like, come on come on and then she won and I was like oh man I was so happy for her and then she got interviewed and I saw that before my very eyes I heard it from her own mouth the first word that came out of her I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me man I was just I was drawn to, I'm a cry baby okay I'll just admit I was, I was like wow you know, Michael, uh, her boyfriend, it was, I was his junior high pastor. He was in my mini church. 
I seen these, I seen him grow up. I seen when Crystal came to church. I was like, oh man, God bless you guys. She got involved. And you know what? She is a follower of Jesus Christ because I didn't know this until I saw this testimony. She, I thought she did this for her whole life. I thought she was like a pro. She's like, all these pageants, boom, boom. I, yeah, you know? I thought, I thought she was good at it. To hear, now get this, I want you to get this. To hear that God told her to do it blows my mind away blows my mind away because God knew saw Crystal's heart you are a follower of me and if you win this thing you will give me glory I know you will give me glory because she said that right this is my promise my this is your this is your journey God and I want to encourage you to do one thing can you do one thing can you go on the uh, missamerica.org missamerica.org website come on let's let's vote for a family member let's vote for Miss Hawaii in the, Miss Amer- in the Miss America pageant. Why? Because when she gets the chance, she's going to give God glory. Yeah. You know what people, you know what girls are going to get saved because of her? Yeah. You know people are, the girls are, are struggling with um, insecurities and looking at themselves and going, I don't know. And they see someone like Crystal that's beautiful on the outside, but absolutely beautiful on the inside because she has Jesus' heart. Yes. And they get to see that and the reason why I'm saying this to you guys, imagine the things, if you follow Jesus, the craziness of Crystal going, what, you want me to do what? <laughs> okay. I want you to have that reaction. Jesus, you want me to do what? And then, when God comes through and you take that step of faith and he blows your mind away, and then you have a story to tell, and you have a testimony to tell, and you will see the miracle, and you will see God will... will will bring you places where you never ever dreamed to ask or even imagine. I want to read one more scripture. I know I'm going long here. One more scripture. Second Chronicles verse six, uh, chapter 16 verse 9 says this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Which means this, the eyes of the Lord are looking for people who will follow Him wherever He goes. And when he looks and finds those people, you know what he wants to do? He wants to strengthen them. Why? Because he knows that they are going to carry his message. Those are the people. That is the church that is going to carry the message of Jesus Christ. And if we are a church fully committed to him, guess what? His eyes are upon us. And and we will be strengthened by him. Isn't that good? Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Crystal. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people doing even the unsung things of this church. Yeah, that's one thing we can brag about and be proud about and and tell the world about, but there's so many people doing things for you, the small things. They're loving people out there. They're praying for people out there, and I want to thank you for that, that we are a mobile church. We are not a stagnant church. Lord, I pray that we would be full out, sold out, all in followers of you. That wherever we're at, that we would take that step of faith. That we, if we need to drop something, that we would drop it because we love you. If we need to go someplace that's uncomfortable, that we would go there. If we need to do something that you ask, that we would do it. Not tomorrow, but today. Not because we're obligated or convicted, or, but because it's just out of love. It's just a natural outpouring of our hearts, God. Because you're a good God. This is the bottom line. We thank you, we love you, 
And I know your eyes are upon us. We want, to, we want to be a church that gives you much pleasure. I want to say a prayer for anyone here that has never made or declared a commitment to Jesus Christ that you've never, never told Jesus, I will follow you. Well, I want to encourage you to do that this morning, to say, Jesus Christ, I will follow you. That song we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. And if you've not decided to follow him, I want to encourage you to do it right now. And we're going to say a prayer in a couple minutes. And that prayer is going to say this. Jesus, I believe what you died on the cross, that you died on the cross for me. And because you died on the cross, I am forgiven of my sin. I am right with God. And I want to say, I believe in you. And when you believe in him, you become a Christian. You become a child of God. You have eternal life in heaven. It is that simple. And because he died on the cross, we're going to say, I will follow you, Jesus. I will give you my life. I'm not sure where it's going to go. It's kind of scary, but I will take little steps of faith. And my, the first step I'm going to take right now is to pray this prayer right now. If that's the heart that you have, if you want to make a decision, maybe you're coming back to Jesus. Maybe you're like, you've fallen away and you're like, you know what? I want to re-follow. I want to get back on the track with Jesus. This prayer is for you as well. But before I say the prayer, I just want you to tell me you're praying with me. Just really, people are just, you know, they're praying right now. Their heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to count to three. And all I ask is that when I hit three, you're going to raise your hand. And by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor Tom, I want to pray that prayer to dedicate or rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to follow him. I am deciding to follow Jesus. So here we go. I hope you're ready. On a count of three, just raise your hand if you want that this morning. One, two, three. Does anybody want that? Okay, keep your hands up. There's a bunch. I want to count you guys. Keep your hands up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Double digits. Oh, yeah. Eleven. Did I miss you guys? Twelve. Awesome. Whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Awesome. Let me tell you, can I say one thing? This is the most important part of this service. The worship was good, the teaching was good. This is the greatest thing right now because lives are being saved. You're following Jesus. All right, put your hands down. I think there is even more I miss. I'm not sure. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You have made the best decision in your whole life. Why don't you right now, under your breath, follow my words like it's your words to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I come before you right now and I commit to follow you. Because you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood on the cross. You willingly gave it, even though you were murdered. They put you up there thinking you did something wrong, but you did nothing wrong. You were sinless. You were faultless, and you did it for me. And because of that, I want to thank you for that. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the grave three days later by the power of the Holy Spirit. And by your blood, I am set free. I am a child of God. And from this day forward, I commit to following you. You are my Lord and my Savior and my friend and my King. I love you and I thank you. I'll praise you. In Jesus' precious name, we all say... Amen. Let's give those people a hand.